Welcome into the Rebound Rundown. Today is Monday, December 12th, 2022. I'm your host, Paul Fritschner, and this is produced by Chatterbox Sports. This is your Daily Digest college basketball show where you can get your info on Cincinnati area college hoops every Monday through Friday in short episodes. And I just want to give a quick shout out to everybody that listened last week. We were a top 60 podcast in the uh, Apple podcast rankings for basketball shows. So thank you to everybody that listened, tuned in, shared the show, left a rating and a review. This week, we are back to our regularly scheduled programming, and we are going to spend the majority of this show talking with Rick Broering of MusketeerReport.com to break down Xavier's 80-77 to win over the Cincinnati Bearcats in the Crosstown shootout. But before we get to Rick, let's recap uh, quickly the weekend that was in Cincinnati area college hoops. Kentucky beat Yale, a slim win for Kentucky, 69 to 59. Oscar Shibway was phenomenal in the game, 28 points, 12 rebounds uh, for the Wildcats. Dayton took care of UNC Asheville, 79 to 56. Uh, Deron Holmes had 27. He had a double-double as well, 12 rebounds, also four blocks in the game for Holmes. And then Wright State lost to Western Kentucky, 64 to 60 on uh, Sunday Yesterday, as you all are listening to this, the Miami Redhawks got an 84 or 85 to 49 win over Calumet College. I believe that's an NAIA school. I had to look that up last week, had never heard of them. And Google, frankly, didn't really help when I was going through trying to find Calumet College or as the score app was telling me yesterday, CCSJ Crimson Wave. But that is a very quick recap on the other scores that were around the area And I say all those quickly because I want to spend the majority of this show talking with Rick about the Crosstown shootout. Rick, thanks so much for joining the show today. You and I were both at Fifth Third Arena. It was a raucous environment. Xavier wins 80 80 to 77. Musketeers were up by 17 at the half. David Julius ends up coming down, hitting an and one three late in the game to tie the game when the Bearcats were down four. But Xavier pulls away. Sule Boom gets to the free throw line at the very end, draws a foul. Xavier wins by three. Let's start with your overall thoughts of the game. I would say really fun game. Really exciting uh, finish to this one. It was the first time really since I think 2015, the Trayvon Blewett freshman game where he was fouled by Gary Clark and made the two free throws to win it. It's the first time it's really been an exciting finish where the game came down to the final possessions like that. So it was good to have a close shootout again. I think, you know, the the way most people went into that game, expecting Xavier to be the better team, expecting them to probably win and maybe even win handily. I don't think any of those people were wrong. I think you saw that Xavier controlled most of the game. I mean, for, 30 plus Xavier was in control and had a, a pretty large lead in this one. You see made a nice run uh, around the, the middle of the second half down to like maybe that five or six minute mark, I believe. And then Xavier pushed it right back to 11 points going into that final media timeout. And at that point I'm thinking, okay, Xavier finally put the game away, but it didn't work out that way. You see never went away. David Julius was outstanding in the final minutes of this one. I thought Victor Locken had a really good second half for UC and some of Xavier's deficiencies on the defensive end really stood out, but overall fun game. Xavier was in control for most of the time. And I think mostly it played out as we expected to. Yeah, no doubt. And 
there was a lot that was made of the media timeout or rather the timeout at the very end of the game, the technical foul by Wes Miller. So if you did not catch the end of the game or if you haven't heard how the last sequence played out, Wes Miller, Cincinnati's head coach, called a timeout with about one second remaining in the game. Cincinnati at that point was out of timeouts. Xavier was awarded two technical free throws, but Cincinnati retained possession of the ball. After the game, Wes Miller said that he clarified with the lead official that if he called a timeout with no timeouts remaining, that he and the Bearcats would get the ball back, thus being able to set up an inbound play instead of allowing Sule Boom to miss that second free throw on purpose. Then you have to turn around with about a second left, throw up a full court shot, pray it goes in. You want to at least be able to give yourself a chance by drawing something up. I think the bigger storyline that's not getting as much attention as it relates to the timeout is that toward the end of the game, as you just talked about, with Xavier being up 11 at that final media timeout after the made free throw coming right out of it, with 3.42 left in the game, there was a media timeout. There were 16 seconds of game action. David Julius hits a step-back jumper, and Cincinnati calls their final timeout, thus not having anything left for an end-of-game situation with the way it all played out. Rick, to me, that was the bigger storyline, and it just felt like that was a weird decision at that point in the game. Yeah, I was surprised that he would call that timeout when he did, Paul. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what the reasoning for the timeout was, whether he was trying to get somebody back on the floor or change defenses or what have you, but it came so close to that media timeout just seconds later that whatever the reasoning was, it just didn't feel like it could possibly be worth it, given that it was your final timeout and you were going to try to make a comeback to get into this game. And, and if you did so, you were going to need that timeout. So I was a little surprised by that, to say the least. And then in the the final possession there where he decided to go ahead, call the timeout and get the technical foul, everyone's already pointed out that it was a good strategic move. I agree with that. Ken Pomeroy had some statistics to back up the idea that you're, you're better off shooting from an inbounds pass and get an actual shot off than trying to go the length of the floor off a rebound in 1.4 seconds. So obviously that all checks out. And, and I commend Wes Miller for, for having that idea and using it. But you would think that the NCAA rules committee might look at that going forward. The NBA has already changed that rule. So you're not able to exploit it and do exactly what Wes did. It should be two free throws and possession of the ball for the other team if you commit a technical for excessive timeouts because it eliminates you being able to do something like Wes did, which was get the timeout and give this team another chance at, at the tying the game up there uh, with an actual set shot. It seems like that's probably against the spirit of the rule. So a couple of things here individually about each team. I want to get your thoughts on Cincinnati first, then we'll do Xavier. Victor Locken finished with 16 points. I thought he played exceptionally well. David DeJulius willed the Bearcats back into it. He finished with 22 points, the game's leading scorer, 7 for 16 from the field. DeJulius and Locken had great games. Jeremiah Davenport finished with just six points on two threes. He was two for seven from the field overall. Landers and Ollie didn't hit a three. Nine points, Mike Adams. Woods, only nine points. Oguama with nine points. Did have a, a momentum-shifting dunk in the game, but finished with four fouls. Victor Locken fouled out with five fouls. We talked a lot about how Cincinnati, to win this game, was going to have to go on a stretch where they probably hit a lot of threes, and they finished seven for 20 from three. 
Xavier finished eight for 23. So Xavier finishes with one more made three than the Bearcats. Xavier out-rebounded Cincinnati 36-33, and they outscored Cincinnati 36-34 in the paint. Both slim margins, but both places where we thought if Cincinnati was going to win this game, they were going to have to excel. So from an individual perspective and an overall perspective, how did you think Cincinnati performed, especially in that second half when they were making their comeback? Well, I think to the point that you made about both of their two star players, David Julius and Victor Locke, and they both played really well on the offensive end in the second half. Defensively, Victor Locke had his issues in this game throughout it, certainly. I mean, in the second half, uh, Jack Nungy kind of took it to him a little bit and and helped carry Xavier's offense for a good portion of the half. So I would say he, he is his game was pretty one-sided in terms of where he had his success, but he definitely exposed Xavier's interior defense there a little bit in the second half. And then um, on the other, the other side, David Julius, he was really great offensively all game. And I thought he, he played a pretty good game on both ends. And you got to think UC is without their top perimeter defenders right now. Rob Finnessy, who's their backup point guard usually replaces Micah Adams woods. and was kind of platooning at that point guard spot. And then also John Newman, on the wing gives them one of their better perimeter defenders who's pretty versatile. So without those two guys, you're really relying on David Julius, Mike Adams, Woods, Landers, Nolly to play a lot of minutes and play pretty well defensively. And uh, David Julius, I thought gave you everything that he possibly could. Unfortunately for Cincinnati, they didn't get a lot out of Jeremiah Davenport and uh, they, they didn't get a lot out of Landers, Nolly. And let's turn to the Xavier side now where they are led in scoring by Sule Boom. The transfer, Jack Nungy, finishes in second with 18 points. Boom had 21. Uh, Colby Jones had 15. Zach Fremantle had 14. Colby and Sule came up huge for Xavier down the stretch. Yeah, I thought both of those guys were really good, and they've been really good all season long. The great thing for Colby Jones is that he's had Sule willing to step up in those late game situations and be that go-to piece. And especially in those end of game scenarios, like you saw Sule boom comes off a ball screen, gets downhill, crashes into Victor Locken, draws the foul and wins the game at the free throw line for Xavier. Those are the types of plays where Colby Jones is absolutely capable of them. And he's given Xavier some of those plays. Heck he did give Xavier some of those plays at the end of this game too. They just weren't quite enough at the time to put them over the top with the way David DeJulius was making shots down the stretch, but having an extra guy who's willing to step up in those moments and take some of the offensive load off of Colby Jones, I think has really helped him because he does so many different things. Well, it's just not as natural for him to step up and want to call his own number consistently. And I think uh, Sule boom, being able to do that some has really helped him out. So for the first time in program history, Xavier defeats Cincinnati four times in a row. Rick, how big do you think of a marker that is for the Xavier program? Because to me, that feels like a pretty significant step that this program hasn't taken yet that they achieved this past Saturday. Yeah, I think anybody who's been around the program for at least three decades is going to tell you it's massive. I mean, just to think about where this rivalry has gone from like the 70s when UC won eight in a row at one point and UC was so clearly the better program going back, you know, 30, 40 years ago to now where Xavier has really dominated this rivalry to win four in a row is crazy. But Paul, it's almost as crazy to me that Xavier's won eight of the last 10. I mean, that number to be be dominant throughout an entire decade 
of this rivalry, and especially to have Xavier be in the team that's done that because of where they came from, it's it's insane. I mean, I don't know if some of the younger fans appreciate it as much because they're used to beating Cincinnati and beating them consistently, but for the older fans who have been around for, like I said, multiple decades, uh, it's a it's a huge achievement, I think. And obviously the bragging rights within the city are that's what makes the rivalry fun. Absolutely. It was the best. It was a great environment at fifth third on Saturday afternoon. It was especially in that second half when DeJulius hit that banked in three to then tie the game on the free throw. That's what makes this game great. That's why this is the best basketball game in this city every year. It's the best. Cannot say it enough. And Xavier came away with the win this year, fourth time in a row. Thanks to Rick for joining the show today. Rick, I'm sure we'll be talking again next week. This show this week uh, has some previews coming up. Conference play is starting to roll around. Xavier will be starting up Big East play this week against Georgetown on Friday. No action tonight around the area. The next action is on Tuesday when Xavier plays Southern University. But tomorrow's show likely again maybe some more perspective with an interview uh, as, as we turn around and get this show going through the week. And then as the week goes on, like I said, some conference previews and the rest bigger week this week, as people finish up with the uh, finals and everything else. And then a huge Saturday coming up big weekend around the corner, but thanks to everybody for listening. That'll do it for today's rebound rundown. Thanks again to Rick. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great Monday, everybody. And we'll see you on Tuesday. <laughs>